Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate for wiener. Listen, Laverdius, I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. It's the Barbecue Central Show, the live fire fun and frivolity show. Doing it live right here on Tuesdays, recording at the same time. So somehow you've not found yourself able to take in the show this evening between 9 and 11 p.m. You're in luck. I will release podcast versions of this show. Hour number one is released in about an hour and 55 minutes from now. Probably won't hit your respective feeds until early a.m. Hour number two is released on Thursday for your listening pleasure. And I will be talking to you about Friday in just a few moments. As I had mentioned earlier, still to come on this show, Rashid Phillips next, Lene Oxley Loop closing the show. You can also follow me socially if you're into that type of thing. At BBQ Central Show, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch slash RD Rempe on YouTube if you would like it there. Streaming to all of those different platforms if you would like to keep up with any or all of them or none of them. Remember, on the main website, show website, there's a new or a revised version of the audio-only button. So if you click that, it will launch a player either on your phone or through your desktop, laptop, tablet, and you can listen just to the audio. You don't need to see any of this. You can just hear it, which is originally how the show was brought about, audio only. It was called the Barbecue Central Radio Show. It was never on radio, so I have no idea why I said radio show, but I, I named it that. Originally, I've dropped radio long ago. It's just the Barbecue Central Show now. So if you don't want to watch it, you just want to listen to it because that's how I would prefer to do it. You can just go hit the audio-only link button there at the top, and away you go. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 144 makes an appearance, taking you back to October 4th, 2011. I don't know if you recall a fellow by the name of Joe Beeland of Tippecanoe Barbecue. Back in that time, Few were better than Joe, especially at that point. Joe had an incredible run where I think he might have won five or six contests in a row. A couple of them were majors. He was really good. His team was really good. He was also part of that, what I termed the uh, Iowa barbecue competition hotbed back then. You had uh, Mo Quezon from, at that point, Ponderosa Barbecue, who is now just Mo Quezon Barbecue. Uh, Justin McLawn, Lucky's Q, 
You had uh, Scott from Pigskin Barbecue, Scott Nelson. You had the Grills Gone Wild, Iowa. Of course, Iowa Smoky D's is in there. An incredible run of hugely successful teams in Iowa back then. I had had all of those people on in that three or four year span. And I'm like, one of my lead questions was always, what's in the water in Iowa where the best competition barbecuers are coming out of Iowa? Not traditionally a place where you would think some of the best barbecuers would be coming out of. Certainly Darren has proven himself to be, but over the years, Lucky's Q has been right in there. Pigskin, I don't think, really competes anymore. Uh, Grill's Gone Wild is... Dialed it back quite a bit. Uh, Moe's a huge star, but I don't think he competes too often. But back in the day, Iowa had it going on. So, make sure you go back if you're not familiar and get familiar with Joe. And make sure you grab this episode and listen and talk to us or listen to us talk about the American Royal. Joe was always a great guest. So, uh, you know, I want to say what's up to Joe. Where you been? Hope you're doing well. By the way, within the full show is also a conversation by one Myron Mixon in our number two. So if you're a fan of Myron, you will want to use the full show link that is also provided in the show notes each and every Friday. You can listen to the best of portion, but then there's a link to the full show when it actually took place all the way back in, for instance, October 4th, 2011. So you can listen to Joe Beeland in the first hour, and then you can go right into the second hour and listen to a chat with Myron Mixon. Also, let me remind you that if there's a segment or a guest that you have a special feeling towards, email John a request. He'll do his best to get that on for you. J-O-N at BB at the BBQ Central Show.com. Also make sure you subscribe to the podcast because that's the only way you can get the best of show. If you're into competitions and TV, the final table indie for World Food Championships is getting to uh, is getting ready to air October third. That's this Friday. Is it? I don't know, but uh whatever. Uh, I think it is, by the way. But October 3rd, the final table indie for World Food Championships airs. So if you want to watch that, make sure. I'm not exactly sure where it's going to be at, but go to the World Food Championships thing. And as much as I didn't want to have to say I had an update for this, I do have a cat piss update. I don't know where it went wrong. I don't know how it went wrong. We have 57 cat pheromone diffusers placed around the greater estate of the Rempe Manor. Emanating security, I guess. That's what the package says. All over the place. I am giving him full dose of Prozac every single night. To chill him the fuck out. And I was talking with Sam the Cooking Guy via telephone the other day. Just chatting it up about him doing a 200 egg omelet. Or about how we love the fact that we both own the same watch now. All this 
great stuff that you're jealous about. And I just happened to get up. I don't even know why the hell I got up out of my desk. Walked over to the other side of the desk, and what did I see? Sorry, podcasters. You're going to have to go back to the video for this. I saw this. Oh, my God. No, that's not a pulled back picture of Lake Erie. That is not the north coast of which I refer to. I mean, it's the north coast of the Great Lake Cat Piss. But we were well into week three. Well into week three of no cat pissing. And while I'm, uh, it's like the cat knew I was on the phone with Sam and was going to show me who the boss was and did that. That is substantial. Just to point out, by the way, you can see it trailing down towards the cords and, you know, it's seeping all the way through there. Here's another shot, uh, you know, discolored. Uh, the darker, uh, more uh, black portion is the cat piss. And I didn't take a great picture, but towards the back left there, that's the back of my tower, the Tower of Power 3. It is less than a 18th of an inch away from making contact with the Tower of Power 3. If we would have made contact, that being cat piss to computer, I don't know what would have happened. There's a very good chance that we might not have had Snickers anymore. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. And I don't want to get rid of the cat. I don't care if we get rid of the cat. A lot of people say, you know, you like the cat a lot. That cat is pissing all over your house and you don't get rid of it. And I will maintain till my very dying day. And I'm hoping that the cats pass before me. Uh, I couldn't be more indifferent about those cats. And what I mean by that is this. If I went to bed tonight and the cats were still here tomorrow and I know they're all going to be here, that's fine. If by chance all of the cats were summarily gone tomorrow, that also would be fine with me. It wouldn't affect me. I wouldn't care. I don't care if they're here. I don't care if they're gone. I am indifferent on the cats. What I'm not indifferent about is that. That's... That is different. That's a big lot of cat piss right there. That is not the cat, by the way, that's pissing all over the place. Get him out. The maniac. That cat's a maniac. But lest anybody be fooled, totally indifferent. This is bad. This is indifferent. All right, Rashid Phillips is coming up out of the break. I'll talk to you quickly about Pits and Spits. Since 1983, Pits and Spits has been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas. In that time, Pits and Spits established itself as one of the premier brands in high quality. Offset smokers, more recently pellet cookers. 
Pits and Spits sells itself apart by using heavy 7 and 10 gauge steel in every cooker. Fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit. 304 stainless roll top lids and front shelves on every cooker. Does it matter? Hell yes. By using higher quality materials, Pits and Spits smokers reach and maintain temperature, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. By providing fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel. You don't have to worry about that thing rattling apart as you drag it through the backyard. Using 304 Stainless, make sure that you're getting an heirloom quality piece that you can pass down to your kids. Now, while some companies focus on being low cost, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and using high quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to make these things? Yes, but they don't like tack weld, cheap stainless, and electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of their design and standards. Not something you find with the low cost providers. Their steel suppliers supply materials that can be used in the harshest environments around. So you know they're going to perform wherever the hell you are. And their controllers are made right here in the USA, so they're able to use unimpeded access to their programming. Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country. If there isn't one close to you, no problem. Give them a call at the shop, 844-650-6250. Pits and Spits is good for the backyarder looking to cook steaks or for a team cooking 50 racks of ribs. You can find them at pitsandspits.com, all spelled out, or see their pits in the wild across social media at their handle, Pits and Spits. Rashid Phillips coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Monthly visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. The third one coming later, the PBX. Whether you're a beginner or professional, you definitely want to add the cooker to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. And by the way, if I may make one suggestion, if you buy a normal Pit Barrel or a Pit Barrel Junior like I hadn't used over the weekend, a bone out the $30 and get the ash pan. Don't be an animal, a savage. And uh, take the empty pit barrel, whatever size it is, and then dump the ash out. It collects all over the side. My OCD was just going bazonkers. And I texted the owner of pit barrel and I said, look, I'm not telling you how to run your business, but let me tell you how to run your business, Noah. Chalk up the cost of those ash pans in the cost out the door and just include them with every single cooker and be done with it. Who's not using an ash pan with their pit barrel cooker? Oh, my God. It just boggles my mind. So I bought one. I went right on the website and boned out my $30 for my pit barrel junior ash pan, and it's right on the way with me. Not free. I paid. My first guest in the second hour made it all the way to the finals right there on season one of the American Barbecue Showdown. 
which you can currently watch on Netflix here to talk about the experiences, background, and Phillips Barbecue Company. We welcome first-timer to the show, Rashid Phillips. Hey, Rashid. Hey, how's it going, brother? Hey, man, I am doing absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you making time for the show here tonight, Rashid. And for the folks who haven't watched the show yet, for those three or four people that are still existing out there, can you give us a quick background on you and how you get into the live fire scene? All right, yeah. Uh, for those who haven't seen the show, I am a uh, relatively new pit master. You know, use that term very loosely. And uh, my, before all of this, my background was actually IT. I was in IT for 10 years doing security and uh, sort of tripped, fell, and landed into the barbecue world and uh, studied the craft, like literally studied the craft. I'm talking like books on thermodynamics, you know, Julia Child's cooking recipes, knife handling techniques. Uh, I was lucky uh, years years ago on Twitter, I messaged Anthony Bourdain, like I tweeted him and I said, uh, what's a good tip? And I don't know if it was him who responded or someone on his team, but he said, grab a bag of potatoes and practice your knife skills. So that's what I did. And now you're a knife-wielding potato guy, right? Basically, yeah. basically. There's some meat involved in there between uh, then and now. But, uh, yeah, started practicing, uh, started on a Weber, and just worked my way all the way up now to the rigs I've got and uh, had the opportunity to be part of uh, an amazing show on Netflix. All right, so let me back up here just for one second and ask you two follow-up questions. What does Pitmaster mean to you? How do you define it? To me, pitmaster is uh, is up there with chef, you know, doctor, something you have to earn. You have to put the, that time in that 10,000 hours. You have to earn your stripes. And to me, like the ultimate test is properly cooking yourself a good whole hog. You know, uh, you can't just go grab yourself a charbroil or something and, you know, make a few slabs and say you're a pitmaster, slap it on your business card. Like I hold it at a higher regard than that. How do you trip into live fire from <laughs> IT? I don't understand how. I mean, that's a pretty big ass trip. Well, well, I'm a big guy, so it's you know, it, it's fitting. Uh, <laughs> Indeed, uh, a buddy of mine was actually getting married, and I was always making food and bringing it into work. He's like, "Could you? Would you mind cooking for our wedding? It's like seventy people. Sure, why not?" And that's what started. And this was you know maybe nine, ten years ago, and. Um, I just never stopped doing it from there. We spent the whole night cooking at the facility on grills, on those Webers, just making tons and tons of food. And uh, that's really how I tripped and fell into it. I never thought I'd be doing it this often. When does Phillips Barbecue Company come into play? Phillips Barbecue Company comes into play October 17th, 2017. Yeah, I remember the date because it's two days before my birthday. So, are you still doing both at that point? I mean, you, you can you can be an IT point, yeah. and also like to do live fire. Um, but I assume at some yeah. point you divorced yourself away from IT and and is Phillips like the full job now? Yeah, uh, oh. Phillips Barbecue Co. is the full time job. Um, when I started it, I was doing maybe one or two events a week on the weekends, filling in little orders whenever I could, just really trying to s see if this, if there's a market, will people like my food? And, uh, funny enough, I left my career on the show. So the night before the final challenge, I actually emailed in my district and, uh, let them know, Hey guys, 
It's been an amazing 10 plus years. I appreciate it. But uh, this is it. They had no idea. Like, why? What are you doing? You know, no one leaves, you know, this company after 10 years. There's no there's no reason to. Well, I mean, I would imagine, uh, I mean, IT is uh, something that isn't going away. I mean, nobody wants to get into the trades anymore. And by the way, if you're an up and comer and you like to work, get into the freaking trades because you're going to be able to kill it from a money standpoint and you're always going to be in need because nobody wants to do that work anymore. But uh, let's uh, go back to the point at hand here. If you're 10 years into IT and you know that there is a future in there, 10 years in, you're probably making some pretty decent money. What's yeah. the, So what's the impetus? Do you just had a passion to want to cook more than be safe? Um, I gave that company 10 years and I was part of a lot of amazing projects that I saw develop into fruition and hit the market. And I realized... I'd got my 10-year plaque. It was a solid piece of steel, just this heavy thing. And I was sad. I was like, I, I got 10 years and this is what I have. And I said, imagine if I just bet on myself for three years, consistency, consistently like I did with this company. And uh, I just figured I ended up on a show that I didn't apply to be on for my passion. You know, like what are the chances of that? You know, when they say you're asking for a sign, that's a pretty big sign. Yeah, so I was going to ask you from a show standpoint, how does that whole opportunity avail itself to you? Um, it it went down in the DMs, honestly. Uh, they reached out via social media, and I thought it was a joke. I actually ignored it for a good long while. How, so how uh, do you vet it out? I mean, <laughs> like sliding into DM seems potentially not so professional unless it's coming from like Ted Sarandos himself who's probably got a blue check exactly. mark and he's not reaching out to anybody last time I checked, especially on uh, live yeah. fire shows at this point. So how do you, how are you able to vet it out and, and how, like why you? Honestly, I still don't know the why you part that part. I don't know, but the vetting out part <laughs> it's um, I, they kept messaging and I was ignoring it. I thought it was one of those spam bot type of things. And I started getting calls and emails on these no reply emails, like, oh, just delete, go to junk. And I finally answered the phone one day uh, for the phone call, and it was the casting agency. And they explained to me what they were doing, that they'd been trying to reach me. I told them I thought it was a joke. They explained to me it was not a joke. It was very serious. And I started to um, go on LinkedIn and search the person's name I was talking to. I searched them on IMDB. I was like, if you're in production, you should be a part of other shows. And did my own vetting and sleuthing and realized this is a real person and this is a real opportunity. Mm. So time to take it seriously. Uh, how do they explain it to you? And do they tell you right up front that you're going to have to take off three weeks from work in order to get this job done? Um, they don't let you know that bit of it up front. It's more of a, it was pitched to me as we're looking for the more communal aspect of barbecue. Think Great British Bake Off or Great British Baking Show, which I hadn't seen at that point. And uh, I decided to go out and check it out. And I was I, I liked it because if it was something barbecue focused, but with that mindset, I was all for it. I was getting tired of seeing the same, you've got eight hours, cook this, blah, blah, blah. I'm not picking, you know, three pounds of parsley to turn in four ribs. That's not what I want to be a part of. Were you hoping that once you started or once the, I, I didn't, I'm not a huge TV guy. So uh, as I was telling Sylvie yeah. last week, uh, I was really anticipating seeing one show 
not eight episodes, just like one thing, and then it was just going to like go off into obscurity, never to be seen again. Because that's how now I have been conditioned to watch barbecue television, and I'm not a huge yeah. uh, this style of television show guy anyway. Um, so there were eight episodes, so that you know ruined my whole last weekend because I had to make sure that I was on top of everything. So as everything starts to lay out, the all eight drop, people are taking it in. Do you hope at some point that as people are starting to watch that you are going to start to see a big bump in business or maybe there's going to be some more phone calls coming in for you or what was your expectation of people are now going to start watching this and what does Rashid think is going to happen next? Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't think much would change. Um, because it was such a niche show and everyone was used to X and we were doing Y. I was like, I don't really know if people are going to dig this as much. We're not household names, you know, where you want to go check it out. Uh, so I didn't think it would be as successful as it has been. Um, as far as business changing, I have a lot more inquiries for weddings, for catering opportunities, things of that nature. But I'm just still the same guy I was last Thursday. You know, it's just uh, <laughs> the world sort of knows that I take a different approach to barbecue now. Sylvie mentioned last week that this show was shot last year pre-COVID. Was this the yeah. worst time to be on this kind of a show, given the fact that a lot of personal appearance type projects aren't really happening? I wouldn't say it was the worst time. I can say it is the most inopportune time um, for it to have released. <laughs> Definitely for it to have released. It, it could have been at the height of it all during the lockdowns where you couldn't go anywhere, you know, curfews and things. That would have been the worst. I definitely do believe it releasing at this time has restricted a lot of opportunities for myself and the other contestants because we, you know, all the competitions have been canceled. We're not able to go out and meet the, the crowds and mingle and, you know, shake hands and share recipes and experiences. A lot of that has been taken away from us for this whole experience. Would you have rather waited a year to have it be released? Like if they said, hey, we're taking a poll of contestants, uh, we're, we're thinking about dropping it now. But if everybody agrees, we'll wait till 2021 and do it then. I'd like to say, I think I would have said, yeah, let's wait. But I never did the show for notoriety or anything. I sort of did it for my own self-validation. You know, uh, I'm not, you know, immediately a, a celebrity or Insta star or whatever. Nothing's changed. I'm not sponsored by anyone. N none of that's happened. So what I wanted the show to do, it's done. It's shown people that even though what you're used to seeing someone do in that field, that's not the truth. You know, I'm a six, six at that time, three seventeen it security guy, you know, that already doesn't make sense. But then you see me and I'm able to keep up with veteran barbecuers cooking in 98 degree heat in the middle of a Georgia summer. That too doesn't make sense. So you have to get inspired by one aspect of that story. Overall, how do you rate the experience being on the show? All things considered. Oh, Oh, freaking amazing. Best, just best life experience. I've made friends for life. I've had experiences I would never have otherwise had. In your opinion, excluding yourself, who was the best cook amongst the rest of the contestants? Oh, Miss Sylvie, hands down. 
Yes, of course. Hands down. Of course. She's incredible. Without without question. Uh, are these people you're going to be keeping in touch with regularly, do you think? I mean, as time goes by, will you eventually lose touch with some on purpose or just by accident? Um, I don't know. We I've stayed in touch with everyone since the show uh, ended, actually. You know, Ash and I, we talk, you know, basically every day. Georgia and I talk weekly. Boatride and I talk weekly because, we, you know, we're both keeping each other accountable for, for fitness. I, I was just chatting with Miss Sylvie yesterday. So, no, I, I pretty much keep in touch with everyone. When you uh, – or what kind of feedback are you getting? What are people telling you? <laughs> um, I'm getting a lot of um, – It's it was really inspirational to see. It was a lot of we think you got robbed and I tell her lose. It was a good time overall. Uh, a lot of they love my approach to barbecue. They would have never thought – to do some of the things I did, you know, who's making a convection oven out of burlap sacks and cast iron uh, cups, you know? Uh, so a lot of, a lot of veteran barbecues have actually messaged me wanting to just say, you know, congratulations that I earned that title of, of pitmaster moving the, the bar. Um, Ash actually went to a competition this weekend and he said that they have a category called the Rashid style. <laughs> which just completely blew me away. Wow. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yes, yeah, like a moho and jerk chicken genre that everyone was doing. And he's like, you've got your own style. You're changing barbecue. And that that was pretty amazing. Rashid Phillips joining me here on the show. I was uh, trolling through Twitter earlier today and was looking at, I just happened to find a post that was talking about the show specifically. Wanted to get your opinion on some of these Twitter takes. Yeah. Uh, first one, it says, the American Barbecue Showdown on Netflix is a joke. Some seriously amateur cooking for most of the contestants, unwatchable as a Texan. This guy's uh, talking for Texans, evidently, by the way. It's like a huge state. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, this guy is. Uh, uh, then I got a uh, feedback from Daniel Vaughn, who said, no new ground broken in this format, just another cookie cutter cooking competition that manufacturers drama by not allowing enough time to cook barbecue and you won't learn much from watching it. What do you say to that? I think that's, you know, Kat's entitled to his, his opinion. You know, I think I've never watched a barbecue show that challenged you to cook. Any barbecuer can cook brisket in 14, 16 hours. Any barbecue can cook pork butts in eight hours. Any barbecue can cook anything, though, in every competition when you give them enough time. If you're a pit master, can you do that under a ridiculous time constraints? Can you think your way out of these particular situations? Or do you want to do barbecue by numbers? Do you want to say, all right, here's my three, two, one for ribs? What do you mean I have to do it in three hours? I need six. That's, that's how I know how to make my ribs. You, you give me my six. Or, Hey, I need this 14 pound brisket in eight hours. No, I need, I need 18 hours. I need that time to, to stoke and plug in my smoker and leave it and come back in the morning. You know, you can say you didn't see anything new. You can say you didn't see anything groundbreaking, or you can take a step back and look at it with fresh eyes and say, Hey, this just isn't what I'm used to. These guys had to use different equipment, none of their own smokers and still deliver on par 
food quality, visually tasting to judges who know what they're talking about. But, you know, haters going to hate. Were you happy to see the amount of diversity on the cast? Oh, yeah. Extremely. Um, Mainly because I don't come across many female pitmasters or barbecuers. So seeing uh, Miss Georgia, Miss Tina, and and Miss Sylvie was really refreshing for me. Um, I haven't really come across any, so I love that aspect of it. Uh, from a business standpoint, Rashid, how has Phillips Barbecue been running in 2020? Obviously, it's a different game for most folks, but how have you been affected yeah. specifically? In the weirdest way, I've never been busier, mm. to be perfectly honest with you, um, because I pivoted. Once I realized what was happening, the week later, I started putting out weekly menus that change every week. And as part of that initiative, we took a percentage and we would feed various fire stations, firehouses, police stations. We've actually been able to feed a couple of hospitals up here in North Georgia, too. But the community's gotten behind me and things have gone really well. How far will you go if someone calls you and says, hey, Rashid, I want you to come up here to the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York and, and do some kind of a thing? I mean, like, are you open to talking or would you rather stay, you know, within a local or, or regional area of where you're at? Uh, if they're, if they're, if they're buying the ticket, I'm flying and smoking. That's it. All right. not, I'll cook anywhere, wherever there's hungry people, I'll cook it. How does someone get a hold of you to try and book you? Uh, they can reach me on Phillips Barbecue Co on any social media platform or email me at info at phillipsbarbecueco.com. I've been responding to everyone. Do you think that there will be a season two? Purely speculation, of course. Nobody knows. But what do you think? I think so. I think Netflix is really honing in on this as far as they're they're developing their own creative niche. Like I said, you go to barbecue uh, look for barbecue shows. They are all literally cookie cutter. Just have different titles. Pitmasters, blah, 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 blah. Same thing. Uh, this is challenging. And I hope there's a season two because I want to watch it. I was on the other end. I know the crazy madness you have to go through. I can only see how they turn it up for the next season. Rashid, can we agree that those two hosts were totally worthless? I mean, what the hell did they even oh. do? The dude and the girl? I mean, who cares? Well, that was my first time miss uh, meeting Lyric, but I... Uh, who, who, what does she uh, even do? I, I don't I even know Rutt. her. What does she do? I think she's a comedian. <laughs> but I love Rut. Rut's, Rut's the buddy, man. I was always a fan of Rut, so it was great to see him. And he loves Barbie. He loves cars, so I like his little humor. He, his humor didn't come through as much uh, on camera, but he was cracking jokes all throughout filming, and it, it was just livening up the mood. So I definitely enjoyed having him there. I wish they showcased it. Were they so? These were both comedians as hosts, then. Well, Rudd is you know all NASCAR cars. He's done some food stuff as well. Um, he's got Hyperdrive on Netflix. Uh, Floor is lava. I, I call him the hardest working man on Netflix because he's got like so many shows on there. <laughs> but he's just a funny guy. You'd think he's a comedian, but that's not his trade. Got it. All right. Well, uh, if you want to book Rashid to come and cook your event, go over to Phillips Barbecue. By the way, that's spelled B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E-C-O.com or get him up on the socials and he will hit you back. This is Rashid Phillips. Rashid, really appreciate the time tonight. Looking back at the show, Thank some insight perfect. on you. Let's stay in touch and do it again soon. 
Sounds good, brother. All right. There he is, Rashid. My brand new man crush, as I have said before. Uh, I don't know if I can tell you to go watch the show. I mean, if you again, if you like that kind of show, then it's right up your alley. But just to watch him, he was inspiring enough through the eight episodes. And he made it all the way through to the end. He didn't win it. But he made it all the way through to the end. And to see him encounter issues, work through them. And uh, when he was talking about the burlap sack, and the uh, <laughs> that was something else. That was really cool. Great to meet him. Great to have him. Good, good guest. Good first time in. Rashid, appreciate you. And we will be heading over to get Lene Oxley Loop to help close out the show. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the number one online shop for all things barbecue. They have 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings to get you going. Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Double Secret Steak Rub, just a few of the many. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone. Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor reminds us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. If you need a grill, check out the Mac two-star general pellet cooker. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet cookers, try the old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. It's clear that Big Papa's is the place to go for all things barbecue. Give them a call if you have any questions, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We are back with Lene Oxley-Loop right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Throughout the grilling season, look for recipes from world champ pitmasters like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Childs Cridlin. With mouth-watering flavor and no artificial ingredients, Smithfield Fresh Pork, quite simply, some of the finest pork money can buy. It's the trusted choice of world champion pitmasters for use at homes and at the competitions. Smithfield.com. All right, helping me close it out tonight, a very accomplished competition barbecue cook, also running a successful barbecue catering company, appeared on television a number of times, selling successful line of barbecue rubs and sauces, Adding 2020 Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Fame inductee to the achievements list as well. We race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Lene Oxley-Loop. Hey, Lene. What's going on tonight, Greg? How are you? Well, I am doing fabulous, and I appreciate you making time for the show as always. Plenty to get to, but before we dig into what you have been up to lately and finding out how 2020 is affecting you specifically. Uh, let me give you some room as I first congratulate you for making it in last week to the 2020 Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. And if you have any type of acceptance speech or key words that you would like to say, I am certainly allowing you to have the floor at this moment. Well, I appreciate that. Well, first of all, I'm just I'm blown away. This is a tremendous honor 
Um, I think uh, future interviews, you're going to have to go through all my agents that have just been calling me left and right. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> Let's represent Lene. Here we go. Um, no, this is, it was kind of funny. I was, uh, I was actually with some friends, uh, last week and, uh, my phone just started blowing up and I was like, what the heck's going on here? And so I kind of caught the show, uh, before I went to bed, uh, sort of in a, a post production, which was vital fun. So I appreciate you guys strong arming Doug into, uh, into, into adding me to his vote. So uh, it would be unanimous, and I appreciate that. You guys are a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt about it, and we appreciate you being a great guest. I mean, look, I mean, first and foremost, in order to be in the Guest Hall of Fame, uh, A, you have had to have been a guest at least once here on the show, and then you had to have brought something appealing and Hall of Fame worthy, and you've had a number of appearances here on the show. And I think like uh, John from Michigan had said, you know, you're just one of those guests where we can have a couple topics, we can set you up, and then there's no <laughs> concern that you're not not going to have a take or an opinion on something that has to do with the live fire industry. And I think that's just a testament to the passion that you have uh, within this industry. Well, I appreciate you seeing it that way. Sometimes I can just babble on and on, and that's okay. But uh, yeah, and, and uh, just so everybody knows, I'm going to change my name to Wind Up Barbecue. <laughs> yes, right. Wind Up Barbecue. Um, that's right. Start the hashtag. We'll be uh, taking over Twitter tonight. Exactly. And that's a John Solberg uh, uh, name for me. But um, no, you know, I do share a lot of passion for barbecue and what I'm doing. I have a lot of information to share. I just wrapped up a barbecue class this past weekend and uh, wasn't a whole lot of people who were keeping the classes kind of small so people have room to spread out and they feel safe. But I still love to teach barbecue and spread um, the love, my love of barbecue and, and some skill that I've um, honed over the years. And, uh, and the reason why I like to do this is just to inspire people, you know, and, and it's great to have a class of, you know, you know, 12, 15 people show up and, uh, I'm cooking for these guys. I'm showing them some really cool things. I'm seeing a lot of wide eyes and, um, and getting some people that are very, very interested. And then they leave the class and they're inspired to cook and they know what they're looking for with uh, briskets or ribs or, uh, pork or something like that. So um, that's what it's all about for me. So if I can convey my thoughts, convey a little bit of uh, information and answer some questions, then it's all over. You know, that, that that's something I just love to do. So 2020 has been a very unique year for a lot of people. It's been one of the yep. toughest, if not the toughest. However, when you start to look at our specific industry, that being live fire, the majority has never seen a better time economically, a better time business in general. Not everybody, but you know, for the most part, if you're in it in some form or fashion, you have been having a blowout year, much to the point of where a lot of people say, hey, we're just tossing 2020 away because it's a bad year. On the other side of that, a lot of companies that I know in the live fire industry are tossing out 2020 because they couldn't possibly project on doing any better than they have been doing here this year. How has this particular situation affected you, sugars, uh, the rubs, the sauces, the caterings? How have you seen it? Well, it's so the, the rubs and sauces, the retail line has been going great. Actually, it's just been exploding. This year is the best year we've ever had. Um, I'm in uh, about 90 locations in the Northwest, and that's growing, uh, which is really great. Um, I've got a couple more uh, products I'm going to launch next year. I was going to try to launch them this year, but this thing, this whole year just went to shit. So I didn't do that. But uh, next year is definitely, I've got a couple more things I'm going to add to the pile of products that I've got. Really excited about that. Um, the catering, you know, honestly, it's just been kind of 
super light. We're doing a fraction of the business that we've done prior uh, to this year. I mean, we were just gangbusters last year, just going bursting at the seams this year, just kind of fell flat. Um, but I think, uh, and then the classes, uh, you know, I had a, I had a really ambitious schedule with my barbecue classes this year, scheduled 12 of them, uh, through the course of the summer, which, you know, summer here is pretty truncated, you know, it's not like, you know, it's five months. And so after that, it gets cold and rainy and you can't really, uh, teach outside. So, uh, and I like to do it outside by my, by my cookers, you know, just right there, um, rather than an enclosed building and you can't really see any cooking going on and that sort of thing. So, uh, so if there's a, you know, but as a business owner though, as an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm looking at the glass half full. I'm looking at the possibilities of what's going on, planning for the next year, thinking outside the box, what we can do to drive sales, what we can do to prepare for, you know, the upcoming season, holidays, et cetera. So I'm not just going to sort of sit around and wait for the phone to ring. I just don't do that. It's not in my blood. Uh, I'm going to go out there and knock on doors. I'm going to come up with some, some ideas. We've had some, uh, catering pickups. Uh, barbecue pickups and, you know, raising money that way. Of course, uh, you know, getting out and trying to promote uh, the retail lineup. And um, I've also got um, a, a barbecue trailer that I purchased that is getting outfitted right now with equipment um, and uh, fire suppression system and that um, I'm going to be launching uh, a barbecue trailer next year, which I'm really excited about. You know, a lot of people just, you know, they don't want catering. They just want to go pick up uh, lunch or dinner. So that's going to uh, you know, cover that aspect. It's not going to substitute for it, but it's going to have, uh, you know, another facet of Sugar's Barbecue out there in the uh, Portland, uh, Vancouver area. So really excited about that. I've been kind of keeping that off of social media, off of public, but I'm doing that now. I'm just announcing it now, and we're really excited about it. So just be tuned, you know, for that, and uh, more information will come. So it's just really about it's really just about thinking at all aspects of the business and how you can just drive sales, even when uh, maybe in one facet, there's really not a whole lot going on. So that's kind of what we've been doing. Many irons in the fire, as always, for Lene Oxley Luke yeah. from Sugars Barbecue. Sugars Barbecue, B A R B E C U E, this time. Sugarsbarbecue.com is the website. From a competition standpoint, Leanne, everybody knows you from uh, seeing you on television doing competitions. Of course, you're doing a lot of other competitions that have nothing to do with televisions, the normal ones that we would talk about here on this show. Uh, have you? Do- Let's break it down between steak and uh, traditional barbecue. Have you done any traditional barbecue competitions this year, I guess, prior to the uh, COVID hitting? And then since things have started to relax a bit, depending on where you're at, have you done since? Um, no, as far as for me, standard competition, no, I'm kind of out of that game. Uh, you know, if it's on television. That's one thing. It's kind of a different scenario. Uh, but as far as like going out and competing, no, um, one of the, the aspects of having a kind of a light year business wise is, is it's allowed, um, us to have a little bit of time to kind of go out and play and, and do some promotions for the business in another capacity. And that's, um, doing some steak, cooking some steak and, uh, something I've always wanted to do for the past couple of years and is kind of join up with SCA and kind of cook a steak. Uh, so much better experience than, and for me at least, uh, than the four meat rigmarole, you know, uh, overnight, you know, contest that costs a lot of money. Um, and it's just, you does, you know, devote the entire weekend. Uh, steak comes in and it's great for one day events and expensive. They give you the meat. You just, you know, take your grill out there, burn a steak, turn it in and hope for the best. And, and it's just been, it's been fun. So uh, I get the, the flavor and the taste and the excitement of competition, 
uh, with, uh, without all the, you know, the entire, you know, weekend devoted to it and the expense of it. Uh, and I still get to promote sugar. So it's win, 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 as far as I'm concerned. So I'm full bore into SCA at this point and, uh, you know, preaching the gospel of SCA. I think it's a great organization. They're doing some really, really cool things, uh, and getting people that really don't want to, to devote the time and the money and the, and, and all the, the resources that they have for getting four meets out there, uh, and maybe the travel. And then it, it's, you know, getting people that, that just, they want to cook a steak and it's getting out there, getting people out there to grill. And that is what it, this is all about as far as I'm concerned. So, um, it's, it's awesome. I mean, uh, I'll try to do some more stuff like next year. Got a couple of contests coming up in the next month and a half, two months, and, uh, that'll be it for the year. So, um, we're excited. We actually got a um, golden ticket uh, uh, last contest in Salt Lake City. We won, and that was really good. So uh, we're going to go to uh, the finals, uh, the uh, national state cook-off in, uh, in uh, Fort Worth in March. So we're really excited about that. Lynn, I appreciate the fact that you gloss over the whole steak thing and we burn a couple steaks, blah, 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 and <laughs> you know, away we go. I mean, it's certainly a lot more intricate. And I think w- when you look at where SEA has started and where you see it today, it has taken more of a of a hyper spin that KCBS has evolved into, but in a much shorter time frame, there appears to be way more rigid protocols to have to meet, or at least it's assumed that you have to meet in order to give yourself a best shot at winning. So uh, I guess without revealing anything that you don't want to reveal, what does a steak cook look like for you? Well, um, it's well, first of all, it's like barbecue. It's just evolutionary, right? So you're, you're, you're trying to figure something out, trying to sort of crack a code with, with what you're cooking on, how the temperatures you're cooking to, uh, you know, how to pick a good steak. Um, if there's marination involved, you know, X amount of rubs, um, you know, tooth rubs, three rubs, four rubs, a finished rub of butter, uh, you know, a finishing dust. I mean, there's all kinds of layered, uh, intricacies of, 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 of steak. And other people are just putting salt and pepper on steak and they're turning it in, you know? So, I mean, but I'm taking some of the intensity and some of the science and uh, careful attention that I did with four meats and I'm putting it into steak uh, without trying to overthink it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's still a steak. And so, uh, you, you know, you, you got, you got to be able to cook it correctly. You got to be able to make it tender and, you know, you got to be able to feed a judge and, and have them, you know, hopefully like your product. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, we marinate uh, the steak uh, for a while and then we use a, a, you know, about four seasoning layered type application uh, and then a butter. And uh, we're cooking my, my cooker right now is the uh, Rectech Bullseye that I brought out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pellet fired sort of kettle uh, from Rectech and it is an amazing cooker. Um, and, uh, that thing gets just like red hot, uh, put the grill grace on there and you can sear a steak easy. And, uh, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, we used it in Salt Lake city and we won the damn thing. So, I mean, it was just, it was, it's a great cooker. Uh, but I mean, you could cook on anything, right? You cook on cast iron, you cook on a, on a chimney, you cook on pellets, you can cook on, you know, your PK or your hasty bake or whatever you're cooking on. It's just, it's open. It's wide open, which is what I really like about it. Have you heard anything about that? final event in Dallas is that proceeding as planned at this point or have they started to make any kind of a um 
uh, preemptive uh, plan where if if these things aren't met, then we're going to have to postpone or or cancel it at this point. Yeah, I'm certainly not in any um, circle in that respect. I mean, I'm just sort of waiting for information. Um, you know, we booked a hotel in uh, in Fort Worth. It's just a sort of reservation. We can cancel it if we want um, for that weekend. So I think it's the middle of March uh, next year. And I'm just crossing my fingers that everything will you know go forward. I mean, no one wants to you know put anyone's health in jeopardy. So, I mean, they're going to make the best decision that they can make um, given the situation and who knows what it's going to be in March of next year. I mean, God knows what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, we're hoping to go, man. I mean, we're going to hop in, we're going to load the truck and, and gas it up and, and head to Fort Worth. And it's going to be a fun little road trip um, for me and uh, Sue, my pit partner. And um, I, you know, we're just going to go down there and try to cook some steaks and win the damn thing. I mean, if we could win here, we could win there. And that's the cool thing about steaks. So, uh, any given Sunday, I mean, any given Saturday. So uh, hopefully it's going to go. Uh, we'll see you closer in when we get there. But um, I don't know anything that's going on in terms of any decision made at this point in time. And I think they're just kind of waiting, I think, is what my gut feeling says. And you would cook the same steak that you cooked in Utah to get you that ticket down in Fort Worth? Um, absolutely, yep. yes. So, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the program you know, this is the, so the Utah win was our third at bat uh, for SEA. So um, the first one we kind of we were in Utah, finished middle of the pack out of like 40 teams. Um, they liked our flavors, but we needed to dial in some other aspects of the steak. Um, the second contest, we did a double header. We hit uh, third place on both stakes. Uh, so uh, out of about 26 teams, 28 teams, something like that. And uh, so we had some more things figured out. And again, it's about cracking the code. It's about figuring out like the fine tuning aspects of what you need to do, make it look better, make it, you know, pick a better steak, make it tender, et cetera. Um, and then uh, we applied those things that we learned and tightened everything up to Utah. And so I see no reason to change our program at all. Um, we're just going to, you know, it's like when you go to, when they, when you get to the calls to go to the Jack, you know, people are like trying to overthink, well, what do they like? Do they like a little heater, a little, little hotter, a little sweeter, whatever. And everyone says this exact same thing: cook with what got you there. And so that's what we're going to do at the at the at the uh, at the state cookoff, the national state cookoff, SEA. So we're just going to cook with what got us there. Lenny, last question before I let you go, and I appreciate the time. Are you watching any of mm-hmm. the barbecue television on Netflix, whether it be the American Barbecue Showdown or the Chef's Table Barbecue Edition? Um, uh, the Chef's Table, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of that series in general. I've watched almost all of it. Uh, as a chef myself, it's really great, and I really especially love the barbecue aspect. I mean, I one of my goals in my life is to meet Tutsi. I would love to meet her, um, but I haven't watched any of the shows. They're sort of on deck on my Netflix uh, queue, but I haven't watched any of those. I don't really watch a whole lot of television, to be honest. I kind of keep very busy and away from the couch, so to speak. I'm kind of that active that way. But, uh, yeah, when it starts raining around here, I'll start watching the, watching more shows. Uh, I I have been motivated to want to go to meet Tutsi as well, but as I combed through those, and I'll be interested to when you actually get to those, if you get to them, uh, I'll be interested to see what you think of Lennox Hasty because uh, out of all of the the four that were dedicated, uh, I really liked uh, the uh, the the Mayan uh, the lady that was like of, of Mayan descent and. Uh, doing the the hand flowered uh, tortillas that was a, a really cool story. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, um, Rodney Absolutely Scott. Amazing. Obviously, you know, I mean, I'm a little bit more familiar with him. We're actually working to to get him on the show here over the next few weeks. 
And then, uh, you know, Tootsie was the first one and I watched, but you know, this guy in Australia that is cooking with only fire and there's no electricity in the restaurant and uh, hearing the backstory of this guy, uh, completely, it was like a revelation of somebody that said, you know, there's a lot of people that say they cook with live fire, but this guy is cooking everything with live fire. So when you watch that one, I'll, I'll certainly be anxious for your take on uh, on what you think of this Lennox Hasty guy. And uh, we'll take it from there. Uh, Leanne, always appreciate you coming on the show. And the candor, we congratulate you for being inducted into the 2020 Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. And we will wait and see how the rest of this year pans out. Then uh, hopefully at some point in March, we're talking about how you just took down the SEA National World Championship of steak. <laughs> Well, that's the goal, man. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you and Rusty and John and Doug and everybody there. And so you guys and Greg, man, you do a great job. I always love listening to your show. You work really hard at it. It really shows. And um, it's pretty cool, man. Just keep keep rocking it. All right. Thanks, Lene. There she is, Lene Oxley Loop from Sugar's Barbecue. Don't thank everybody else, Lene. Who's Rusty? All the way back in the first hour... We spoke with Rod Gray. You recall him, right? Pellet Envy. One of the most successful cookers back when he was really doing it. Now uh, overcoming a prostate cancer battle that he had. Uh, he said it was, uh, it's was been a year since 2019 when he finished up. 2018 before that when he was diagnosed. Uh, but looking uh, no worse for the wear. Be honest, looking looking good, but not saying that he'll be getting back out onto the competition scene come next year. So we'll wait and see. We all know Rod's kind of a competitive guy, so we'll see what he actually does. Then we also talked with Lendl Scranton from Tailgate Guys Barbecue Show and the issues he's been having with his turn-ins at the competitions he's been doing. Also learned about his show and why he got into it with his partner, Steve Kaler. Second hour, Rashid Phillips from Phillips Barbecue Co. PhillipsBarbecueCo.com, and that's a Q-U-E at the end. Talking about the new show, American Barbecue Showdown. And closing it out, Lene Oxley Luke, the wind-up barbecue guest. She's got a golden ticket. We'll see if that plays out. San Antonio Livestock and Barbecue Contest has been canceled, by the way. Believe that. Credit to Doug Shining for sending that in a little bit earlier. Just mixing that in. Just remember. If you're cooking the San Antonio Barbecue event, not in 2021, you're not. I'll have more on that next week. Big show planned for you as we start the month of October, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Hi, this is Stover, the barbecue hunk. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Have a hunky day.